Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. I appreciate you tuning in today. I'm your host, Blake Benz. This is the Good Advice Podcast, where, uh, yeah, hopefully we talk about some good advice today, some things that you can be doing that are actionable and practical to actually grow your business. I like to say there's no fluff on this podcast. I try to make it as simple and applicable as possible. And if you're a first-time listener, welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in to us. Whatever you're doing, whether you are a entrepreneur who's working at a nine-to-five job and dreaming about the business that you want to run someday, or you're an entrepreneur or a business owner and you're in the thick of it, uh, you're going to get some good advice today. I can tell you that much. Now, we did just celebrate five years of good advice. Uh, though, of course, if you're listening to this, you know, way past this date, I guess it doesn't really matter. But uh, anyway, yeah, five years of running the show. And we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, something that I like to do when it comes to each of my podcast episodes is I like to talk about things that seem to be most pressing with customers that I'm working with, conversations I'm having with people. And we're going to be talking today about when is it time for you to scale and what are some of the things that you should be thinking about when it is time to scale? It's an important conversation to have. It's when you feel like you've really capped out your revenue, what's the next step? So we're going to be diving into that, into that today, how to massively exponentially grow the influence, impact, and revenue of your business all on the show today. But before we dive in, we're going to hear a word from one of the amazing businesses that sponsor the podcast. And of course, if you are subscribed to the Patreon, you're actually going to get an ad-free episode. So you're going to hear a little bit of a break, and then it'll go straight to me talking some more about today's topic. So whatever the case may be, we'll talk soon. See you soon. Running a business full-time includes so many things that you have to worry about that you frankly don't always have the time you need to think about your home. When that latest hailstorm hits and you're thinking about roof repairs or maybe you're working on a new construction project and you got to call someone to build your roof, a lot of times as business owners, we're like, man, tell me who to call, tell me who I can trust, tell me who I can rely on so I don't have to worry about this and instead I can focus on building my business. Well, that's why today I want to tell you about Boston Mountain Roofing. I've known their owner, Colby Thornburg, for several years now, and I have to tell you, these guys aren't like any other roofers. They do their job with absolute integrity, and they're absolutely interested in giving you a quality roof that, most importantly, is going to last. On top of this, we all know those contractors that you can never get a hold of. You never know when they're showing up on time. You're like, where is this person? And frankly, what's, you know, why is my bill just running up? That's not the case with Boston Mountain Roofing. They believe in showing up on time, getting the work done when they said they would, and most importantly, being totally transparent with the cost, all while giving you an incredible experience. So go to bostonmountainroofing.com to get a free quote or call 479-449-ROOF. That's 479-449-7663. So I'm going to talk today about some things that are generally true about business. Um, and, and just know these are... These are things that in my line of work, I'm talking with so many different business owners. I'm interacting and engaging with so many different industries that really whenever I take a stance on something or I, I make a general statement, 
These are things that I would say are generally true. However, they may not be true for you. I think this is a bit of a double-edged sword because sometimes we ourselves get hung up or, or, you know, caught up in someone's social media story about how they struck gold, how it was amazing, how they were making money so much more quickly uh, than maybe you currently are now. And your reaction is, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my product? What's wrong with my service? And in fact, there may not be anything wrong with your product or service. It's just that your story, or rather the story you read about, simply, excuse me, is not the norm. Or if you are clever enough, which if you've been on social media as long as I have, uh, you would know that, and you, I, I say this like I'm making some kind of like, you know, aha, gotcha moment. And we all kind of know this already. So <laughs> this is pretty on brand of the podcast, by the way. Something that I say that's like, yeah, we we knew that already. But we're going to talk about it regardless. A lot of times you read these stories, though, and details are purposefully obfuscated in order to get a click or to monetize you, to get a sale from you. Uh, I read a story about, it was like, it, it, this was uh, Gen Z's, excuse me, millennials aren't really like, the the popular generation to rip on anymore, which I'm all about, you know, now to Gen Zers. But I read some article that was like how a millennial or like how a Gen Zer, I don't know what it was, but how they were able to pay off all of their debt in three years. It was like a hundred K in student loans. And literally like in the first, which, which looking at that, you're like, wow, that's pretty amazing that you could pay off a hundred K in three years. That's, that's incredible. Well, reading like the first paragraph of this article, uh, it was about this young woman who um, the first the literally the first paragraph was like she and her husband moved in with her parents who owned uh, who owned an apartment uh, that was only a few minutes away from her work. Uh, her parents provided the cost of food. Uh, it was rent free, yada, yada. Well, we know that rent, mortgage, what have you for many working Americans is around half often around half of what they earn uh, in a given month. Uh, this, which may, by the way, may not apply to you, but this is something that is generally true. Well, the headline makes it seem like this was someone who was incredibly budget minded, um, incredibly conscious of the, the spending they were doing when in actuality they were gifted a home. They they're, Literally what an average American's biggest expense, housing, uh, and also somewhat the second biggest expense, food, uh, those two expenses were removed from the equation, but you didn't know that, right? Point that I'm getting at is we're going to talk today about what does it really mean to scale, and I'm going to try to do this in a way that um, is as detached from sexy marketing terms as possible, recognizing that this is a buzzword on social media. This is a buzzword that digital marketers talk about often. Are you ready to scale? Are you ready to scale? Like if you're looking to scale, here's what you need to do. It's a very buzzy word. So do me a favor. I I will promise to take off my digital marketing sales hat. If you could do me a favor, And let's think about this as objectively and unbiasedly as possible. So let's, let's start like from point 
like from ground zero, from step one, or actually step zero, excuse me. Let's talk about what scaling means. Uh, only because I've had people, I've had people in the past who've told me, um, they've told me a, a variety of things. One, uh, I don't know what that means. What does it mean to scale? Or I've had people who've said things like, uh, well, I'm a business owner. I don't even use that terminology. And it's like, well, you don't use that terminology because you're not there yet. Like it's, it would, it would almost be like a business owner saying, um, I don't talk about culture. I don't use the word culture. That's, that's, that's a, that's a PR word. That's an HR word. You know, you shouldn't use culture. I don't talk that way. And it would be like, well, just you and your one employee, you probably don't talk about culture, but culture is a mega conversation point in today's business world, especially if you're managing a, a team of people. So I've had to tell people in the past, you know, okay, you're not thinking about scale. Um, it's it's not a reflection on you or a reflection on me. It just isn't where you are currently. Well, it's neither here nor there, honestly. But getting on the same page, what it means to scale effectively. Let's let's just get as as direct a definition as possible. Scaling your business, we are talking about exponentially growing the impact of your business whether that is through sales, whether that is through brand. Um, and I, I don't think those two things are necessarily the same thing. Uh, for example, um, sales could be rolling out a new product. Brand could be dedicating X amount of dollars to um, uh, advertising for the business. Now, ideally, both of these directions are going to funnel back into the revenue of your business, but they aren't both necessarily, there's not necessarily a direct tie to revenue for either of them. Um, so having said that, when you're ready to scale, you're looking to exponentially grow your business. Now, the reason we talk about this, when the, when the scaling conversation comes up, it is time for you to scale when you have capped out on what you can singularly accomplish. So like, let's think about this. When you started your business, you were probably working 14 hour days. <laughs> you were, or, or, or maybe you got lucky. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you had an awesome business. You only had to work eight hours a day, but kind of the norm in the entrepreneurial world, the, the joke about entrepreneurs is uh, I quit my nine to five to work seven to seven, um, or I, I left my eight hour work shift to work a 12 hour work shift for half the pay. Um, so, you know, you, you worked a lot. You built up a network, or hopefully you already had one, but in my case, I literally, I started from ground zero. I, I knew nobody. So you built up a network, you built up a customer base, and now you're at a point where you have peaked. You've peaked because the people you could touch and reach and talk to and have a conversation with and steward a relationship with, well, in a 24-hour period, there is a limit on you. There's a limit on you and the number of people that you can actually reach out and have a conversation with. So what inevitably happens with people's businesses is they reach a revenue ceiling. They reach a point in their business where, geez, okay, I can't quite... I can't quite um, brute, force this, brute force this anymore 
because I have used up my capacity in a given day to as, to meet as many people as possible. So it's it's a good example. I talked to someone one time who she was telling me how she had, she always tried to make sure there was something like 20 meetings a week that were booked for her. Um, well, which there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I just, in, in remarking on her calendar, there's only a certain number of meetings that she can actually put in a week. Like she's going to get to a point where it's like, I physically cannot go to more meetings. So when we talk about scale, we're talking about, okay, how do I grow this business in a way that is detached from me? And it's a bit interesting of, and, and here's, here's what's really interesting. We're talking about a frame shift for how you run your business. How you were running your business prior was it was you. I mean, you were engaging with people, talking to people, um, building your, I mean, your brand was you, but there comes a point where the brand has to supersede you. And I think a lot of business owners have a really hard time with this. I, I think, especially when you think about your business, when you were just starting out, you had such a hand in everything. I mean, you had full control over everything that when we start having a conversation of scale and moving you out of decision-making, or moving you out of the direct sales process, um, I, I think business owners get very apprehensive because previously, you know, you had a direct return on investment of your time. Like I allotted this hour in this place, um, and I had a meeting with this person, and I can see the fruit of that meeting. When we talk about breaking through that revenue ceiling, now we're looking at methods to grow your business that is simply disconnected of the disconnected from the time of hours you're putting in the day. And like I mentioned, a lot of business business owners, business owners, I'm in a tough time talking all of a sudden, a lot of business owners have a really hard time making that segue. Uh, it's not unlike, by the way, business owners who can't get out of the day to day, who can't see things strategically. In fact, I don't know if I would still say this is true, but I do remember there was a phase of my business where it really felt like the business owners I was meeting with, that there was a consistent problem with them thinking long-term, like thinking past one week from now and constantly having this conversation about positioning your business, positioning your brand three months from now. Okay. What's your plan three months from now? Oh, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'll approach it when I get there. And it was like, really? Like you're not, you're not thinking about it. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not thinking about your business, how it's evolving on a month to month basis. And I think there was probably a time that I even as boldly may have said like, Hey, this is the number one problem facing business owners. Um, nowadays, I don't know if I've just kind of like subconsciously found more customers that are a bit more farther along. Like, I, I don't know. I, so I point that I'm getting at is I don't know if I would necessarily say that's the case today, but I do remember feeling that way that, that, um, you know, business owners were really struggling to get past what was happening in the current day. But let's get back to the point. You get to a point where you can only, like you yourself can only physically drive the business as much as you can reach out and touch people. So when we talk about sales, or excuse me, about scale, when we talk about scale, we're talking about finding ways to make money for your business that is apart from you. 
so let's talk. I, I mentioned at the start of the episode, we were going to talk actionable and practical. We were going to talk about things that, um, you know, some things that you can start to think about and meditate on. Uh, none of these things, by the way, are going to be um, surefire, risk-free. I mean, literally nothing is in business. But let's talk about some of the things that people make in terms of mistakes that keep them from scaling. And let's let's just see where this conversation goes. So I think the first mistake, this is, and this is something that I'm living currently, by the way, um, only because my business, I mean, I'm with you guys. I'm my business is evolving constantly. But one mistake that keeps you from scaling, only getting paid for your time. Because like we've mentioned, there is a limit on your time. You can't clone you. So there's only so much you can do. So businesses, your only option then to raise your revenue, to drastically grow your revenue is to either A, raise your prices, which some people need to do. I was having a conversation with someone the other day who was charging far too little and I said, I said, man, you got to raise your prices. And she was like, well, I, I, I can't, I can't, people won't buy from me. And I was like, yeah, but you're killing yourself right now just to make ends meet. I think this is a whole separate conversation, by the way, but your only option is to raise your prices. And there, there, while some people are too cheap, there is a limit on what you can raise your prices to. If I charged $10,000 an hour, I mean, I could scale this business pretty quickly, but who's going to pay that? Someone who's maybe like an addict of the podcast, maybe, (laughs) which I don't think, I don't think there's anyone who, I don't think there's anyone who likes me that much, but the higher your price goes, the more pressure that's on you to deliver a premium experience. Which again, there's nothing wrong with that, uh, but it's not so simple as just raising your prices. The other thing that you can do is finding ways to make money while you sleep. Again, I told you I would try to stay. I would try to stay away from like digital marketing phrases, um, kind of clicheisms. This is actually one of them. It's you know, hey, would you love to make some money while you sleep? But it has a buzz to it because the concept is sound. It's how do you make money? And my brother actually was, he was dinging me for this the other day, but how do you make money in a way that prevents you from having to physically be present? An example of this eBooks, eBooks are great. You sell a book on what, and and by the way, there's a science to all this. You know, you don't just launch an eBook. Um, There's a whole conversation to be had here about, about your sales funnel and who's at the top of the sales funnel. Um, and then who are like your, your premium, your, 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 um, your ideal buyers. And then like your super, um, like incredibly engaged buyer. Like there's a whole conversation to be had here. I'm not going to get into it, into it today, but the point being is finding a way to make money while you sleep. A friend of mine runs a business that is, um, he manages people's websites for security threats. Uh, they pay a monthly fee. And his job is literally just maintenance, watching the pages to make sure they don't get go down. He doesn't have to get on the page every day. He has a system that alerts him if there's a problem with the page. And if there is, he goes to work. But otherwise, he's getting paid to essentially be on call. 
but he's making money without him having to physically be present at all times. So mistake number one, only getting paid when um, you physically do the work. Uh, mistake number two, only, uh, only relying on referrals for your business. Now, there's nothing wrong with referrals. Referrals are amazing. And in fact, you should try to get as many referrals as possible for your business because referrals typically come from people that have, um, they immediately already have higher trust in you because a friend or a family member or whoever recommended you. So the sales process is usually much quicker. These are people who are typically more ready to buy. It saves you time, which means you have more capacity to devote elsewhere. So referrals are great. However, like anything that requires your physical interaction, referrals can only take your business so far. So a mistake that people make is they continue to rely on just referrals instead of understanding the value of organic traffic to your business, growing your business organically. And and by the way, when we say organic here, we're actually making a distinction between people who find you naturally, normally, versus someone you pay to find you. So we're talking about organic visits to your page, organic visits to your social media, organically people discovering you, versus you paid for a Google ad or a Google lead or whatever it is that that puts you at the top or puts you in someone's inbox, you know, whatever it is. Which again, nothing wrong with paid ads. Uh, I personally don't like them. I don't do them. I've, that's another whole conversation, honestly. But uh, I think I actually have a podcast episode that was like, should you do paid ads? Uh, and I think it was forever ago. I need to go, go back and listen to it actually because I'm wondering if how I feel today is the same as, as I felt back then, which I think it is. But um finding ways for people to organically find you though. So scaling your business then means investing in opportunities for people to be able to do that. Here's what this looks like. Social media management, paying someone or even doing it yourself uh, who can manage your social media profile and start to show up on people's feeds each and every day. Uh, One thing that I do is podcasting. Duh, you're listening to it, right? (laughs) But podcasting is a great way to get people to organically find you and organically engage with you. Um, I've talked to people before. I I saw a guy at a coffee shop and he was like, yeah, I've already listened to 15 episodes. And it was, it was my first conversation with this guy. So podcasting is one avenue. doesn't mean you need to go start a podcast though. If you do, you should call me because I do help people with that. Uh, the third one is SEO. Uh, SEO gets kind of a weird rap these days. And, and here's also what's really tough, I think, about this. And I'm going to put my bias out there as well. Here's what's really tough about this. You have to understand that so often you're being sold to that it's hard to know what's objectively being said. And here's an example of this. When, when you ask a realtor, is now the time to buy my to buy a house or is now a good time to sell my house? What is that realtor going to tell you? 90% of the time, the realtor is going to say yes. And I think this is interesting. I think it's interesting that 
you know, three or four years ago when insurance, when, uh, it's not insurance, when rates were, you know, 3% or whatever, it was like, yeah, now's the time. Now's the time. Uh, now's the time to buy, even though there's a shortage. Yeah, absolutely. You should do it. And then now that rates are insane and like, it, like the market's gotten wild, it's the same conversation, just a different context. It's like, yes, now is the time. In fact, I heard a, a realtor just this last week who uh, they were like, yeah, you know, rates are really high, but hey, ask your parents. It was even higher for them. And I thought that doesn't make me feel any better, but, you know, understand the sales hat that people are putting on. So in the same way, yes. The person who who is an ads expert who sells Google ads is going to say SEO SEO can't help you like ads will. And of course, the SEO person is going to say, why would you put money in that money pit instead of build now and, and just getting my cards out there? This is my bias. I infinitely think that SEO is, is way better than paid advertising. Uh, my friend Damon Burton put it really well today. He said, why would you pay to live on someone else's platform instead of building your own foundation? Which is basically what SEO is. SEO is you're, you're developing content. You're developing content for your business that Google appreciates and funnels people to your business on top of some other minutia that goes with it. So one thing that can help you scale your business is beginning to think of ways to, instead of me going out and eating what I kill, instead of me going out and getting every customer, how can I get some customers coming to me? That's that's the question. Click funnels, which I don't like. I hate that I'm talking about so many different things that I'm like, I don't like this. <laughs> uh, click funnels, I'm not really a big fan of, but click funnels is really big on uh, creating standalone landing pages to sell a product, to sell a product fast. Um, and, and essentially, you know, their whole thinking is, Hey, we're talking bulk website visitors to buy your product instead of you having to go out and find all these. I mean, this is, this is the basic concept. So people who are really well off in their business, they've already figured this out. It's like, I was talking to a guy, uh, which, which I sell SEO. I was talking to a guy, uh, who's in a very competitive market and we were talking about SEO for his business. And he was like, you know, I just don't, uh, I can't remember how the conversation was going, but I said, you know, let's be really clear. Cause he had named off his biggest competitors, which were massive companies. And I said, let's be really clear. Your competitor, we're, we're not talking about if you should do it or if you shouldn't do it. The conversation is when you do do it, how much are you planning to compete with these larger businesses? Because you can know all of your major competitors you just listed, they're all doing it. You can know in a heartbeat that they're all doing it. So if we're talking about market share and stealing some of that back and you know getting a larger piece of the pie, there, there has to be something like this that happens. Uh, or like I said earlier, I mean, you can find a way to clone yourself. So that's another mistake. Um, the third mistake is ignoring the power of brand ignoring uh, and my friend David Breyer, who's been on the podcast before. He's a brand genius. Uh, he was at an event and someone asked him like, Hey, when is it time to work on my brand? Like at what point do I start thinking about brand? And David was like, he was like, here's the deal. When, when it's time to start working on your brand, 
you've missed the chance to work on your brand. Like you're, it's a lot like culture. Your brand is something, whether you like it or not, it's being, and if, and if you aren't intentionally guiding it, it is being shaped by, uh, frankly, your customers' experiences with you. Uh, there's this one company out there, I'm not going to name it, but uh, I've talked to three different customers who've all had a bad experience with this business. So there is a brand perception about this business that is low quality, uh, too expensive, and and they it, it's happening whether they like it or not. So really, it's not about when is it time to think about brand. It's how do I start engaging people in my brand from day one? And 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 I think social media is a big part of this. Um, I think creating things that are iconic about your business is really important. Like something that I do a lot that people know me for is sales fails. I talk a lot about sales fails. I have many of them that I, I've sh- I've shared about. Uh, I've talked a lot about bad management. Uh, and if nothing else, if nothing else. People know me as the podcast guy, uh, which, you know, some people are a little less kind than others. I shouldn't say kind, but, you know, um, people, I had a guy who was like, ah, oh, you're still doing that. Are you still doing that thing with like, you know, uh, Spotify or something? And I was like, I thought he was talking about like some kind of like radio. I didn't know what he was getting at. I was like, what? And he's like, aren't you like on Spotify? And I was like, oh yeah, like podcasting. And, and he didn't know what podcasting was, but he was like, yeah, isn't that like a, a hobby thing or something? And I was like. Well, it's a real, it's a real thing, but you know, so he wasn't being intentionally mean about it, but point being people at least in the very least know, um, podcast guy has a podcast, right? So if you want to scale your business, there has to be, you know, and I saw Gary V Gary V had a really cool post about this the other day where he talked about like the Nike, the Nike brand. And he was like, you know, at the end of the day, when you buy a Nike shoe, you really have no concept about the materials that are in that shoe. You really have no clue whatsoever. But the Nike swoosh, it means a lot to you. When you buy a Nike pair of shoes, the the swoosh is iconic. It it evokes whatever feelings that got you to buy it versus, you know, a, a discount pair of shoes. Again, you couldn't name the materials that are in it. Doesn't mean that you don't have a different experience. Doesn't mean you can't tell the qualities there. But you couldn't name it. You couldn't describe it. You have no clue. But the swoosh goes a long way. So all that to say, um, if you feel like you've capped out in revenue, it, it may be time to scale. It may be time to actually grow this thing and just know that there comes a point. And I, I wish I had like a graph to pop up. I, I need to make something like this probably. There comes a point in the life cycle of a business where you're making no money, you're making no money, you're making no money, and then you start to make some money and you start to make some good money where you're like, wow, this is really cool. I'm really liking this. This is awesome. Well, you make that good money till you get to the point where it no longer grows because you've capped out. And so now to grow it further, you have to reinvest your dollars back into the business so all that great money you're making, ooh, I'm I'm now now I'm not making as much anymore. And I and I think at the end of the day, now now long term, you'll make it back. Long term, you'll grow the business, you'll grow your influence, your impact, what have you. So it, it'll end up back in your pocket. 
But just like I talked about businesses that can't, business owners who can't see long term, there are businesses, or rather business owners, who cannot accept the price of scale. Here's the, the story I'll tell you as we wrap up today. I was talking to a guy who was running a business, we're having coffee, and um, he was frustrated about his hourly employees leaving to go to another business. And I think he was paying maybe like $12 an hour, something like that. Very cheap. Well, he was losing his employees to another business. Well, we were having the conversation and he said, so what, sh- what should I do? Is what he asked me. He said, what should I do? And I said, well, it seems pretty obvious to me. It, people who are hourly workers, especially in that regard of you know making almost minimum wage, just over it, uh, they're going to go wherever they can get their bills paid. It's bottom line. All there is to it. No reason. There's no need to make it any sexier than it has to be like this. We don't need to fluff it up. I mean, this is literally all there is to it. These people will go where they can get their bills paid. And it's not until you get probably double minimum wage that you start to have conversations about people who will go where they feel more valued, where culture is important, yada, yada, not important. Anyway, not important for the conversation. So I said, well, I think the answer is pretty obvious. You're going to have to pay them more. And he said, okay, right now I'm making $400,000 a year. If I was going to match the pay of a competing company, it would probably take me down to 300. If I'm lucky, maybe $350,000. And I said, okay, great. He said, well, there's a problem, Blake. And I said, okay, what? And he said, I don't want to be making $300,000. I'm not willing to do that. And that's really where our conversation ended. It was, and there's not much else I can tell you then. See, there's a temporary price that comes with scaling and, and it's not all risk-free. It's not all surefire. You know, you put your money. I mean, I've, I've spent $15,000 on a marketer who was going to help me and it, and it went nowhere. It went nowhere. So it's not without mistakes that happen. You put your money in one place. You should have put it somewhere else. But this money does come back into your pocket. And more importantly, it, it, it is impossible to scale your business without reinvesting in your business. Hey, that's today's good advice. I appreciate you listening to the podcast today. Uh, don't forget if you're if you're checking out this podcast episode and you're not subscribed to the podcast, what the heck are you waiting on? Click the subscribe or follow button. We'll keep checking you in with you on a week-to-week basis. Uh, don't forget, we do have a little advertising on the podcast. You can email me, Blake, at goodadvicecoaching.com. Or if you want help with maybe starting your own podcast, a little SEO work, whatever it may be, some of the things that I mentioned on the show, you can reach out to me as well. All that to say, those of you who listen to the podcast and support the podcast and promote the podcast, I so appreciate you. Thank you for helping me keep this thing going for five years. And uh, that's going to be it for today. That's today's good advice. Catch you later. See ya. See ya.